silent with surprise, and his father. His father is not impulsive by nature, but lately he's been doing uncharacteristic things. Long walks at night, swimming, trying to teach himself guitar. He says these things are meant to unlock himself. What about the train? Luke reminds him. We've got five hours, Dad replies. You keep telling me how bored you are. Let's go see something new. They've got some real interesting things up there, says the driver. How do we get back? His father asks, with more of his characteristic caution. I'll be there a couple hours. I do their plumbing, too. I'm coming back this way if you want to catch a ride with me. Sounds perfect, says Dad. It rises from the empty prairie like a mirage, a perfect little village of stone buildings and fences and barns. Weirdest thing, isn't it? says their driver. These two brothers. They came out from England about a hundred forty years ago, and they ran a circus for a while. Then they decided to build a village in the middle of nowhere. They built a big manor house for themselves and a schoolhouse. There was a racetrack and a cheese-making shop and some livestock, and they waited for people to come. But the railway built too far to the south and wouldn't give them a spur line. So after a while, it became a ghost town. One of the relatives turned it into a museum about fifteen years ago. Luke has a sinking feeling there will be old ladies in white caps and pleated dresses telling him how to churn butter. Odd, slow-talking men in barns will show him how rope is made. If he's lucky, a blacksmith will bang on a horseshoe. Incredible story, Luke's father says, looking around. His father and the driver make small talk. They drive through a gate and pull up outside a little cottage with a thatched roof. A sign says, tickets, snacks, gifts. Luke can't help noticing that there are only three other cars in the entire parking lot. You'll get your tickets in here, says the man, and I'll be leaving about five o'clock. Thanks very much, Luke's father says. Much obliged. Luke winces. He can't believe his father just said much obliged. Maybe there's a cowboy hat you can buy, Luke says as they walk in. His father gives him a withering look. White plastic tables and chairs are scattered around the room. A few shelves display dismal local history books with black and white photos of fields on the covers. There is a Coke machine and a rack with some chips and chocolate bars on it. An elderly man behind the counter greets their driver. Afternoon, Wilfred. Ariah. I brought these folks up from the train. Their driver turns to them. This is Ariah Clack. He owns the place. Ariah turns his attention to Luke and his father, staring hardest at Luke. We'd like to see the museum. Luke's father says cheerfully. How old's the boy? Ariah asks. Fourteen. Twenty dollars, please. Ariah Clack reminds Luke a bit of Grandpa before he died. Tall, like his bones are too big for his skin. His face is a bit sunken in, and his cheekbones stand out like knobs of shiny, polished wood. His knuckles bulge. You want to start in the manor house, says Ariah Clack. Turn right out the doors. Flanking the gravel drive to the big house are rows of carts and plows and farm machinery so dull that Luke doesn't even bother to pause. His father casts a steady eye over it all, as if it means anything to him. His father's never so much as planted a carrot seed. This would be the big plow, his father says in the solemn tones of a museum guide. And next to it here, the medium-sized plow. Luke grins. And then we come to the rusty, broken-down plow the first tractor used on the farm. And this would be the barbed wire collection.
There's something a little frightening about the way it's all displayed neatly on a plywood board, all the different types of lethal knots labeled. Some very fine examples, Luke says solemnly. An excellent collection, his father concurs. They laugh together. It's one of the first times in days. This isn't so bad, Luke thinks. He can tell his friends about the lamest museum ever when he gets back. The manor house is an impressively large stone pile. The lower floor is all trestle tables covered with little things. To Luke, it looks like a school craft fair, miniature carts and horses, model farm buildings and general stores with ancient tinned goods arranged around them. There are native dolls interspersed with Disney toys, an ancient cash register, a worker's time clock. The village is ghostly with all its frozen dolls and wooden people, like things that were stolen from a century of dead children. Is there anything they didn't collect? Luke wonders aloud.